It's 2024 and all of us doing checkups about trying to make life better. Well, maybe we ought to be talking about our spiritual formation a little bit also. Today, we're going to take a look at it. Well, welcome to All Things Apostolic for Monday, January the something, January the 8th, got it, okay, and um, we're glad that you're with us. We're going to talk about an important subject here today when we talk about roadblocks to world-class leadership. Roadblocks to world-class leadership. Before we do that, however, of course, this is Monday, and it is the new year, and so us talking about our spirituality, this is a good time to talk about it a little bit. But uh, before we do that, I want to announce this Wednesday, 48 hours from today, this Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Jennifer Barrett will be here on All Things Apostolic. And she's going to be here for those two special sessions. They're going to be devoted to the present mental health crises in America. There is a mental health crisis in America among teens, Gen Z. And it's occurring not only nationally, not only in America, but it's occurring globally. So what is the cause of that? And uh, Jennifer will be sharing some very interesting data about the decrease in mental health in teens and also the correlation between mental problems and the increase of social media. So there we are again. And um, uh, hopefully this will help provide some perspective uh, on the critical issue, and more importantly, uh, what we, talking about apostolics, what we can do about it, and how we can be effective in helping not only our own children, but uh, everybody in the world that we can get to. And so uh, uh, Jennifer will be joined by Beth Baus, who is a marriage and family therapist and also has has had, actually is the founder of, and has directed um, an addiction program for a number of years that's been also highly effective. So she's going to join Jennifer and also Boston Young, who is a youth pastor of a large youth group um, in an apostolic church. So, uh, and he has also done work on this. So it's going to be very interesting. You're not going to want to uh, miss this. It's going to talk about the effects of social media on Gen Z. And uh, these are all people who are highly qualified to talk about this. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Don't miss it. That is going to be Wednesday and Thursday of this week. So uh, tell everybody about it. Tell other people about it. Let them know about it. And uh, and uh, let's have a good audience that can be blessed by the work that they're going to be doing. 
I want to talk here at the first of the year about spiritual formation, about roadblocks to world-class leadership. You know, I talk about this uh, a lot, or at least a lot more than most people do. Uh, And one of my uh, beliefs is that the very highest level of leadership in the world is reserved for apostolics. Now, that's not because we are some uh, uh, elite group in the sense of elitism, but it is because we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is so critical. In my opinion, every denomination that downplays the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues uh, with speaking in other tongues and the profundity of the experience. Everybody gets hung up on, well, do I speak in other tongues? You need to get past that. Just do it when it comes to you. <clears throat> because the profundity of the experience, the infusion of power and anointing is, um, Peter says the whole thing is uh, unspeakable, joy unspeakable, and full of glory. So the glory of God making its way into a human being, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about the glory, and it specifically connects the glory to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, working in a person, and many other scriptures also do. So I think there is a world-class leadership that is unattainable and unavailable to people who are not Spirit-filled. Now that's not to discourage anybody or to diss anybody or throw anybody under the bus. We appreciate all leadership that's leading and helping and guiding people. Um, And there's leaderships of all kind. But I'm talking about a world-class leadership that provides a holistic, nice word there, W-H-O, a holistic approach where it deals with uh, deliverance for the body, deliverance for the soul, deliverance for the spirit. And um, that deliverance frees people. It liberates them. Jesus said, I come to bring liberty to the captives and to set free the prisoners. And it's a liberating, this is a liberating experience. And uh, it is the coming into a person of the spirit of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about leadership and we talk about leadership on the highest order, it has to start with being filled with the spirit. Now, when I was a boy, a a teenager, a very young teenager, like 13 years old, I think I was 13 when I received the Holy Ghost. Uh, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. At 13 years old, it was just a a matter of a few months until my folks took me to a revival in a larger church nearby. And it was a revival with an evangelist that was so powerful and is to this day, which that is a long time ago, like, 54 years ago, 64, whatever, I don't know. Um, Till this day, I have never met anybody quite like 
this evangelist. Well, the fact is I didn't meet him then because I was just a teenage boy. But my folks took, he was preaching a revival in the larger church in the nearby bigger city. And um, my folks took me to that revival. On the nights that we didn't have church at our church, we ended up going almost every night. It was 15, 20 miles away. And um, it was so profound. I look back and I think my folks must have seen and observed what a tremendous impact this revival was having on my life. We never talked about it, even after I was grown, we never discussed it, uh, not even a little bit. But they must have seen it, and so they kept going to the revival. Of course, they wanted to go also, but I'm sure that that was part of the reason that they were making that sacrifice of time. So um, in that revival, uh, the Holy Ghost began a spiritual formation in my life. And uh, the preacher, the last two weeks of every revival that he preached practically, or last week if it was a little shorter revival, he preached long revivals and many people received the Holy Ghost. So then he would have the last two weeks dedicated to teaching the new converts. And of course the whole church would come and they would receive blessings and I received blessings from that and in in that um, he taught us things and he taught for one thing if you're going to have a powerful spiritual life and be a leader for Christ and be a disciple on the highest level you can you're going to have to pray so he taught him prayer and um, he taught us that we should pray at least an hour a day. Well, my mind was open and I was very young. And so uh, I just embraced that completely. So throughout my teen years, from the time I was uh, almost the time I entered being a teen until, uh, until I was out of my teens and on past that. But uh, I practiced this spiritual discipline of praying at least an hour a day. And many days, it was much more than an hour. <clears throat> and so it got to the place that on Sundays when we had church, then after church, I'd tell my folks, I think I'll stay here. Uh, I'm just going to stay here this afternoon. And so I would stay there and uh, everybody be gone and pray and seek God and and read my Bible and sing and and just have communion with the Holy Ghost. The other thing he taught us is you ought to fast. So we started fasting one day a week, and we did that also as a personal discipline. Many weeks we fasted two days, and sometimes we fasted more. But uh, that was part of our spiritual discipline. The third thing that he told us was um, you have to read your Bible, and you have to learn your Bible. And so he didn't give us any guidelines on quantifying that, but so I decided that I would read five chapters a day in the Bible. Now, I just used this in a lecture that I am teaching in a course, a grad-level course in spiritual leadership and, um, and in human spirituality. And I hardly ever use personal examples, but I did in this particular case because it was so graphically true in my own life. So he gave us those three 
uh, it's like a three-legged stool that became the foundation, the disciplines involved in developing a strong, healthy uh, spiritual formation. Now, the prayer ended up to be like therapy. I actually teach lessons on prayer as therapy. At the time, I didn't know it, but in retrospect, looking back, I can see how prayer um, <clears throat> sanded off many of the rough spots uh, in my life just from, from upbringing. Nothing, I don't mean anything crazy, just, just things that would make uh, a better witness and a better model and a better example. Um, prayer, uh, <clears throat> the Holy Ghost working in me gave me a respect for people and a deep respect for authentic authority. Uh, a deep respect. It didn't matter if it was my teacher at school or if it was my pastor or my parents or whoever. Uh, I somehow received from the Spirit the, the understanding that <clears throat> this is one of the roads to pleasing God and to blessing is prayer and is uh, respect and is obedience. So that became a very important, deep thing in life through this prayer. It was, it was therapeutic. Uh, another thing that prayer did was gave me a very high view of individuals, other individuals. Uh, it created an, uh, an atmosphere in which I saw them like God saw them. And the way God sees them is he sees them in their perfection. He knows that they're not there, but he, he wants them to grow into that. So that's the way I saw them. And a big part of any successes I've had as a leader has come out of that. Uh, most of the time, it's just totally unconscious that when you see somebody, you see them. The Holy Ghost helps you to see them in their pristine, ideal state, not as they are in their existential uh, finitude living down here. So, so prayer helped to create that, to bring that about. I don't think I would have ever got that without being in the Holy Ghost day after day after day. And all of this ties into walking in the Spirit. So those three things became the, like a three-legged stool upon which was based um, human spirituality and spiritual formation in my life personally. And they're also deeply biblical. When you look at all the biblical leaders, um, uh, they had these things in their lives. Their communion with God was daily. It, was, it became <clears throat> just organic to their very existence. So I want to ask you today, we're at the beginning of 2024. Are you ready to become a world-class leader? Are you ready to step into the you that is there in potential, but that you have not yet actualized? If so, these are three pretty good places to start. Now, there may be some of you, you can't pray an hour a day, whatever, you know. I mean, I don't think you're going to hell if you don't pray an hour a day. But I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about world-class leaders. I'm talking about those of you who, who talk about it, but are you ready to do it? And that say, I'm, 
I, I want to be this. I want to cast my life upon a purpose that I have found that merits my total consecration. I don't want to spend my life doing something, building a big bunch of money or building something that really at the end it's nothing. That doesn't merit. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of the hippie in me in that way. That I, Who wants to do that? That life's, life's more than that. But of course, a hippie life ends up with nothing too. So, so, but but a life like we're talking about in the kingdom of God that's eternal and that is coming to earth, and that we have a part. We are we partner with God in the work of seeing that kingdom come to pass. That will become such an enormous blessing to all human beings everywhere. That's what this is about. So let's think about that. In 2024. And January is a good time to act and let this be the beginning of a whole new phase in each of our lives.